This is episode 170 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're continuing Men's Roundup 2016 with Gus Bess. This is session three, Saturday night. try it again. Good evening, men of God. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. I'm going to be talking about a battering ram tonight, and a battering ram is out of a war engine, and we need some men that are willing to be the battering ram of the glory of God, and it's about men who walk in prayer. I want to tell you a little story before I get into that, but even before I tell you that story, I've got to go back to Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is about men of God who have made a difference. It's about men of God who trust the Lord. It's where I actually live 99% of my time. I would always say 100, but nothing can be 100%. Not in this carcass. I have a, one day I will be in something that uh, won't look like this. In fact, it's amazing. As I get older, I show my grandchildren our marriage pictures, and they always say, Grandpa, is that you? And I look at this and I want to read the whole Psalm 100. It's very short to you tonight. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. I want you to hear words like joy and gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Then he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Men of God, there's something that happens when we get out of our old self. Believe it or not, we have a lot of fear in ourselves, and a lot of us have condemnation. We're afraid of what we are. We don't believe God in all that he has said. We can believe him for salvation, yet we can't believe him for the tiniest thing in our marriage and our life or our sin nature. And so we're going to start with this. I'm going to remind you all night, there's something that God has called. He's given me a life assignment. Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Listen to this word. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Do you have breath? Amen? Listen to this. You know what your life assignment is. This is a life assignment. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. When I'm home, I got a little dinky dog. Her name is Gracie. She needs more grace, but her name is Gracie. And I'll go to Gracie. Gracie, Gracie, everything that has breath praise the Lord. Gracie, everything that has breath. And next thing she's like, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking about, Gracie. Now listen, men of God, a lot of our malfunctions are because we're afraid to praise the Lord. Something in us shuts us down. We want to believe all the doctrines and handle that right, yet we'll develop a critical spirit about ourselves and other people. So tonight we want to start off. I'm going to talk about a bannering rim. I'm going to tell you a story God has called all of you to be a part of. He, He wants you to shake the earth one more time for his glory. In the generation, this one right now, He wants you to be involved in the beauty of his holiness. He wants you to know a righteousness that goes beyond your comprehension that, by the way, will never leave you. He already gave it to you. He wants you to experience this peace and this joy. 
So let's start as we did this morning. I want you to stand up with me for a moment. Stand up. We've got to stretch anyway. It's an evening thing. All right, and I want you to be able to do something. We're going to shout to the Lord. And what does it say? Shout for joy. Shout for joy. Now, for Marines, that we know what that sounds like, don't we? Yep, there you go. Okay. All right. Shout for joy to the Lord. And so would you do this with me? Let's start. And we're going to celebrate him. We're gathered tonight for him. So you guys on the lawn and back in the tent, everywhere else, lift your hands in the air. All right? And on three, we're going to shout for joy, whatever that sounds like to you. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah! One more time. Yeah! Amen. And a God. This is how you start the service. Now I want to talk to you tonight. I'm going to be talking if you want to look at 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to be talking about a battering ram. I'm going to give you the eternal breath. And when I read it to you in a moment, I'm going to ask that all I want you to do is receive it. I want you to receive God's breath. I talked to some men today. One of them's right here in the front row, came up to me, and I said, look, guys, when you read God's breath, always read it out loud. Always read it out loud. Something will happen to your soul when you take the time to open God's breath and read it out loud, you hear your own voice. You can read it softly in the morning. A lot of times I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, 3.30, 3.20, and I open the Word of God quietly, and I'm quietly with the voice that God gave to me, reading it quietly, and it usually wakes my wife up. And I say, oh, hon, did I wake you up? And she says, well... I said, "Hun, would you like me to read God's eternal breath to you? <laughs> I am married to a woman that has always 100% said yes as she falls back to sleep. <laughs> I want you to know, men of God, I want to give you something. I don't want you to leave this mountain without the joy of the Lord. I don't want you shackled with your sins anymore. God doesn't want you shackled. When he said it was finished, it was finished. There isn't a shackle on you. I want you to know if you know Jesus Christ, there's not a shackle on you. I want you to know if you know Jesus Christ, you were dead, but now you've been made alive. I want you to know that righteousness and peace and joy is yours. So I want to tell you the story about a battering ram. We need a battering ram against the gates of hell. My life has been in such a deal that I've never wanted to offer to God something that did not cost me. I can't, I'm so overwhelmed, and I've thought about this from my Marine Corps experience and all of that. And so I used to get up every Tuesday morning at 4.30 when I didn't have to. I just got up and I went into my study to pray and to seek the Lord and to worship and to enjoy Him and to honor Him. And I have an intimacy with God. And I feel His good pleasure all the time. I feel His presence on my body all the time. And when I got into Bellingham, I started this work in a funeral chapel and called it the Church of the Living Dead. And that's what we were called. I had to eventually move dead bodies around and get them out of the way. When people would come to church, they had to pass the dead bodies, and it bothered them. And I, and I remind them they're dead. I mean, they're good-looking dead people, but they're dead. And, and, and I moved them away, and I started getting things right. And on Saturdays, I'd, I'd get all the dead bodies out of the way, and then Sunday afternoon, put them back where they were supposed to be. And, and, I, and as I started, and I would go in on Saturday nights and pray, and, 
and then my study at 4.30 in the morning on Tuesdays. And then we eventually got an office. The church began to grow, and we had to build a building and out on the Guide Meridian, and we had an office complex. So I decided that instead of four, getting up at 4.30, I'd be at my office at 4.30 to seek the Lord and to bless His name and to worship. And it was just a joyful time, and I would get ready. And one morning, I show up at my office at 4.30 in the morning, and there are 10 men standing at the office door. And so I said to them, what are you doing here? They said, we've come to pray. I said, I don't want you praying with me. They said, well, we came to pray. And I said, no, I'm not letting you pray with me. And they said, well, we're going to. And then they said, we want to know Christ the way you know. We want to pray the way you pray. I said, no, I'm not interested in learning to teach you to pray. Well, they came anyway. They came upstairs that day, and we began, I began to teach them how to seek the Lord in intimacy. And the next thing I know, there were 12, then there was 15, then there was 20, then there was 30. By that time, all of a sudden, I thought, well, Lord, you're obviously doing something. We went down and changed it to 6 in the morning on Tuesday, and I, I would set chairs out. I set chairs of 3 and chairs of 5. And I said, kneel at the chairs, and I taught them, you're not praying about cancer. You're not praying about sickness. You're praying for the souls of men. You're praying for their salvation. You're praying for the repentance of families. You're praying the blessing of the Most High. You're gonna pray for our senators, our presidents. You're gonna pray that thanksgiving for our nation. You're gonna ask God to call people unto himself. You're gonna pray for people in our stores. You're gonna pray if you know a broken marriage is there, name them by name and God, I'm blessing them. I'm blessing them while I'm on my knees. I'm asking you to bless them and overwhelm them with your grace. The end result of that was eventually on six in the morning, we had 100 people every morning coming. They came to seek the Lord, and as soon as their prayer, I said, don't talk, leave. Get in your car and leave. This is not a gossip session. This isn't a talking session. I'm not interested in what you're saying, and no one else is either. You leave because you came to meet with the Lord, and you petition Him for the souls of men and women. In the result of that, we saw thousands and thousands of people saved. Every summer in Weiser Lake, we baptized at least 250 people every single summer. And it was a holy time. Crime decreased, uh, divorce decreased, porno disappeared out of the store, out of the 7-Eleven. That was another story. I can't wait to tell you about that one. I won't be able to tell you about that one. But I want you to understand that, and that became, and that, they named themselves, we are God's battering ram against the gates of hell. That's where this came about, and I want you to know. So right now, I want you to be able to, while I'm going to do something, I want you to receive something. I want you to receive the breath of God. This is written to you. It's written to me. Take it as breath, and here's what he says. I urge you. I urge you. Listen to me carefully. I urge you then, first of all, first of all, I want you to know that you need requests, you need prayers, you need intercession, and you need thanksgiving to be made for everyone. Did you hear that? Listen to these words, men of God. You can't do this without the joy of the Lord coming into your presence. I want you to understand something. I'm gonna urge you, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. That's those that hurt you. That's your divorces. That's your brokenness. That's those men and women who don't like you at all. Those are those things, I urge you this. I want those kind of requests to be made for everyone. I'm petitioning for their soul. For you that are spiritual and you catch your brother or your sister or someone in a sin, don't ridicule them, don't think they're brain, don't think they're brain dead stupid, don't say that. You that are spiritual, you go restore your brother. So restore them with gentleness. 
We need some restoration today. We need some men and women on request. We need to pray over people. We need to pray a blessing upon them. They can't stop the blessing. They can't stop the blessing. They, you, they can curse you to the face and you can't. I've done that so many times. Someone cursed my face and when I came out of the Marine Corps, they said, a man like you should never have been allowed to be a pastor. And I was like, amen. <laughs> and I'd say, you don't even know the half of it. You don't know half of what God has done. I wish you would tell God because I just wanted to make money. I didn't want to go in the ministry. I wanted to make money. And I, I'd tell them these wonderful things. So listen to these things. I want you to say, you know, Larry, Larry Anderson today said, Gus, get them. Remember Larry? He goes, how about this? Get these men to pray for six minutes for, this, for our nation. Get them to pray for our nation. Do you know how much prayer would go up in six minutes from all these men? What if we began to labor for our people in our community? Do you know some people that are broken and hurt and just ask God to bless them? Have God to intercede? God to fix the marriage? God, to, God, would you bring that man to repentance? Would you bring my son to repentance? I prayed about that. I had a son that was rebellious. You can't even believe. He wasn't raised like that in our home, and he was always attracted to darkness. And just six months ago, I was in an ICU ward in Palm Desert. I walked into that deal. They had stuff tubed down his deal. They had him on a breathing machine, and the doc says, we're trying to keep him alive. And they said this, there's no good scenario, Gus. His wife is there, and he said, if we keep him alive, he's got two to three months to live. He chose every bad thing. The guy was on heroin and cocaine. He drank bottles of vodka. I could hardly recognize him. And I watched him hiccup, and blood came out of his mouth like I couldn't believe. They rushed in there with people. They ran him out of the room, and, they, and I was praying a blessing. I wrote in big capitals to all my friends, pray now. And as Danny was leaving out of that room, I put my hand and I said, Father, may your grace be upon my son. He had tried to destroy my name. He did everything harmful that he could to the name of Christ, to me, his mother, his brothers, his sisters, everything. And I want you to know today, that man is a man of God. He is, you wouldn't even recognize him. They said he lived two or three months. They said now he's healthy. They can't figure out what happened to him. And, all right? While a man has breath, while a woman has breath, never stop praying. Never get on it. You're a man of God. The problem is we're too shackled down. So listen to the rest of these words. Listen to this. You pray for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness. And here it is. We'll talk tomorrow about it. And holiness. This is good. And it pleases God, our Savior. And listen to what it says. Who wants all men to be saved. Who does he want saved? All. all men. You know some reprobates out there? Do you know some really bad reprobates? You're looking at one of them. I used to wonder, how in the world did I ever get saved? Who in the world was praying for me? And I found out I had a Norwegian uncle, a great uncle, died in 1929, and he was in Norway, and he was praying for the unborn generations to come, that God would save the sons of this generation and raise them up as men of God. And I thought, good grief, I didn't even know the dude. He died in 29, I wasn't born till 47. And God just whooped his, and said, you know what, I'm gonna answer that prayer. I'm gonna take this reprobate Gus Bess, and I'm gonna change his life, and here I am today. I want you to understand, God has this plan for you. This is good, it pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given at the proper time. 
Paul goes on to say, I'm telling you the truth. I've been an apostle. I'm a prophet to give to the Gentiles. In verse 8, I want men everywhere. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer. I want men everywhere. The thing is what you have to do before you understand. Do you know, can you look at your hand and say, I have holy hands? Look at your hands, men. Just look at them. If they're holy, who made you holy? The average man doesn't think these are holy hands. Do you know what happens when a holy hand touches a man, puts a blessing on that man? Says, I have come to pray for you, and I have to put my hands on you. I'm putting my hand on you because it's a holy hand. It was made by, this hand was made holy by the gospel of Jesus the Christ. It is a righteous hand. And until we finally start believing by faith, that God has done just that. He's taken these sinful carcasses and said, I'm gonna tell you what, Gus, you are blameless until the end, and now you take these hands and they, I've, I declare, Gus, I declare, your hands are holy. And all of a sudden, something begins to happen in me. And all of a sudden, I have to pray, and I, think, I have to believe God, I have to trust Him. I think of all the wonders that God wants to do with you and I. I wanna read you something about a battering ram. The definition of a battering ram was a military siege engine that consisted of a large wooden beam with the head of an iron that was used in ancient days to beat down the walls of a besieged city. And I think, what is this? You and I were created. We are, believe it or not, we are created to be the ambassadors, the men, the soldiers of God. We were created to be leaders. You may not think you are, but I promise you're leading somebody somewhere. You are, you're either leading them to hell or you're leading them to Christ, but you're leading your life to declare something, it either declares this. When Christ said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He went on to say, upon that confession, the gates of hell will not prevail. Because he is, our lives declare he is Jesus the Christ, or our lives don't declare that. You begin to look at this. We have to have a commitment. Today, we need a commitment. We need to surrender our wills. You know, when we talk about the Lord's Prayer, we talk, I want to tell you how you're to lead. I want to talk about your holiness and righteousness for a minute. The Lord is my shepherd. What does he do? When we say the Lord is my shepherd, what does he do? He leads me. How does he lead me? He leads me into beautiful, quiet places. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. Do you know that we were all created to shepherd our homes? Every man on the planet was created to shepherd his home. A shepherd and a leader, a priest, is meant to lead. And how do they lead? They don't, they don't control the sinful nature, makes us dictators, makes us intimidators. I mean, I told my wife this is so fun. I took her up into Colorado, and we were in our RV and staying at Castle Lakes, and I rented a Jeep. And I said, do you know that we can go over the top of these Rocky Mountains in this Jeep? They tell me there's a road over the top of these mountains. And she said, let's go. Now, she called it more of a path. But we got to the top of 12,800 feet. And I took her just across the mountain. There was no road. I just took her, you know. And I got up and we were on the top of the world in the Rocky Mountains. And I looked and all of a sudden I said, whoa. And she said, don't ever do this again to me. <laughs> then I said, well, let's get out of the Jeep. And we got out of the Jeep. And I want you to picture something that God taught me. I looked down in this valley, and it was a and we're on the top, and there's this beautiful green, green valley. And down at the bottom of the valley was a, like a, a stream, a creek running. And down in this valley were about a thousand sheep. 
And I looked down there, and I said, "Hun, look at this. I mean, there were sheep everywhere. They're little tiny things, little white sheep all over. And all of a sudden, I saw a man stand up. And I heard the man start to sing. And as soon as that man started to sing, a thousand sheep lifted their heads. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And then he began to walk. And as he began to walk, he was walking up a path up to the top of this hill where there was a road. And we're up over here. We're watching him. And he's singing, and he's just walking away. And as he, all of a sudden, all the sheep had all this green. They lift their heads, and they just started moving. And they start forming into five wiggly lines. And the next thing I know, he gets to the top up there. He's just singing. That's all he's doing. And then he turns, and he stands on the road, and he put his hands like this and continued to sing. And all of a sudden, a thousand sheep gathered around him. The Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me. Gus, this is how I want you to love your wife. I want you to know that I created you to be the song, my song in your family and home. I want you to know that by the sound of your voice, she will know that you will lead her into beautiful places and she will have no fear. I want you to know that this is how I've created you and my righteousness and my peace and joy have put this into the depth of your soul and holiness will begin to flow out of you. I want you to know that the word I've given to you is my breath and I want you to inhale it and take it as your own. Own these things. Don't just study scriptures and think, I know this verse, that verse. Study the eternal breath, go into the breath to know God and begin to read. And I was thinking, Fletcher of Mal- Malady, he was with the Wesleys, and if you, John and Charles back in that day, when he had lectured on it for a great long time on the doctrines of the Word of God, such as the fullness of the Holy Spirit in a man's life, or the power of God's blessing of his love to all of his people, he would close the lecture and say, that is the theory. Now that you know the theory, for you that want to, come up to my room and learn the practice. And they would go up to his room. It was a seminary. They would go to his room, and they would kneel in prayer for one to two hours and meet with the Lord. They would surrender all things to Almighty God. This is what God has called you and I to. This is why 1 Thessalonians is be joyful always. This is why the prayers of Continue in prayer. This is why, I think of this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Somewhere you and I have to become, a man asked me today, how do you delight yourself in the Lord? How do you do that? What is to delight yourself in the Lord? Well, think of this. If you knew that you were dead and trespasses and sins and that God made you alive, would you not really delight? If you really were dead, would you not delight? My son Daniel, who is that young man I told you about, he, shares, he sends me scripture every single day. Every single day. He is so stinking alive. If I could show you a picture of what he looked like and what he is today, Gary, you know him. And I said, he knew he was dead and now he's been made alive. Delight yourself in the Lord. Give thanks that he has saved you. Give thanks at where you are. Give thanks for what is going on in your life. Praise the Lord. Learn that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Quit, quit hammering yourself. Quit thinking, if I just work harder, I could get my act together. You can't. You must receive. You must begin to let. Let let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Go into this direction. I looked in my life and I thought, Lord, how are we going to ever get this across? What is men going to do today? Paul said this. The imperative for a man of God is let us worship together. Let us come together in the beauty of his holiness. My life, my journey, 
the prayer of a righteous man. I can tell you so many things that have happened in my journey. I went to a, one day we were building a building. And as we were building this building, here's what happened. I'm, and you can see my personality. When I was a young man, I was exceedingly animated. I really was animated. I wish you could have seen me then. I mean, I was out of control. And everyone said, you should be Pentecostal. You know, I remember Chuck Smith said, you'd be a great Calvary Chapel guy back in the 70s. I said, well, I'm saved in a Baptist church. I guess I'm Baptist. I'm not sure what that means. But, and I was going along, and I became an evangelical free pastor, and we're going along. And I want you to understand, there's so many things that God wants to do through your life that will overwhelm you with joy, that you won't know them until you're there. But you've got to surrender all this stuff. You've got to surrender your will. And here's what happened. Along this journey, we had to build a building. We had to get out of this funeral chapel. This funeral chapel held 144 people. Then there was a glass wall in the back, but we had 322 people coming. So if you were a visitor or old, you sat there in the 144. The other people stood behind the glass. And so we were building this building, and the contractor's coming along. And I'm praying over this land, and I'm praying over the contractor. We had an unsaved contractor, but he was known as the man with integrity as a contractor in building a building. He's coming to our place, and it's in November in the Pacific Northwest, okay, in Bellingham. And you know what's going to happen in late November, don't you, normally? You know what happens. Our weather changes, doesn't it? Fall, you can feel and, and don't you love it when, the, when you walk out and you smell fall? And then you hear the sound of an elk bugling. If that isn't an adrenaline rush, and all of a sudden we're doing this, and he scrapes the ground, and I'm watching. He had it all fixed. He had to dig it out and fill it in. And so the next day he says, what? I said, are you going to pour the cement tomorrow? He says, well, if it doesn't rain. I said, what do you mean if it doesn't rain? He says, well, they said a storm is coming. I said, so what? He said, well, if the storm comes, I'm taking my crew to Yakima on the east side for the winter. I said, that is unacceptable. You can't do that. He said, well, I'm going to if the storm comes. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you what. No matter what it does anywhere else on this property, it won't rain on this property tomorrow. <laughs> I said, we're supposed to be in the, we have to be in this building on February 22nd, and God will not let it rain on this piece of property tomorrow, so you get those cement trucks here. He goes, okay. I live four miles north of the property. I woke up that morning, I had my Mustang, a 302 Mustang, and I had it all headed out and everything, and it was, it was black and the rain, wind and rain like this. And I went, praise God. And Karen says, what? I said, I'm so stinking excited because it's not raining on that piece of property. And I got on there and I drove for four miles and a half a mile before I got to that property, boom, a blue sky. We had a circle of blue sky all over that property all day long. It was black everywhere else. And I'm telling you, men of God, I'm not hyping and jiving. This is not a hyperbole. It was black. The news people came out. The, no, I mean, it was unbelievable to see what happened. The concrete guy, they got the big machines. They're doing all this. And this is the part. At 3, oh, it was about 3, 2.30, 3 o'clock, all of a sudden, the guy walks up to me, this contractor, and he goes like this. Uh... I don't know how to tell you this. I said, what? He says, uh, he's looking up at this blue sky. He says, uh, you can tell him it's okay if it rains now. <laughs> and I did what you did. I laughed. And I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, well, it doesn't go quite like that. 
And I went just like this, men of God. I lifted this hand up and I said, now, Father, you know how much you love this man. He said, it's okay if it rains now. And it instantly rained. Instantly it rained. Now, do you, where do you think that man came to Christ? Men of God, what I'm trying to tell you, when you walk with the Lord, things will happen in your life. You, that's never happened to me again. Was it about the concrete? No. It was about the soul of a man. It was about the soul of his family, his crew. It was about the souls of men and women in a church. That's a battering ram. That's a battering ram where you can take it and you've dropped your will. You surrender your will, all of it. Every doubt that you've ever had, you surrender every moment of everything to the glory of God, and all of a sudden a joy takes place, and things come out of your mouth, and you think, where in the world did that come from? How do, I've never had that thought. I've never known that. I, mean, I can remember that day when I told that to my staff was standing back there when I said, well, it won't rain on this property tomorrow. And two of my staff said, who do you think you are? You're telling that dude is not going to rain here? You have no control. I said, no, I don't. The Lord told me it's not going to rain on this property. And when you walk in righteousness, you can walk with a confidence that you have no doubt. None. Just like when we went down in that plane and I've been, down, I've been shot down in a helicopter and I've had two plane crashes. I crashed in Nairobi, Kenya also. That was another opportunity. That time I had my wife with me though. And... <clears throat> And that went better because <laughs> she was with me. And right before we hit the ground, it was so fun. You know, I said, well, hon, here we go again. And I said, I'm sorry you're here with me. I feel sorry for our kids. I don't know how they're going to get our carcasses out of Africa. And then I said, and then just we were going down because they told us the plane would hit and turn right and then it would come apart. And he says, then you who are alive and remain, get away from the aircraft. Now, that was really encouraging. <laughs> and... And as we were going down, I looked at my wife, and we have the seats forward. I don't know if you've ever been in a plane crash. You know, fly with me. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can tell you, you, you <laughs> Gary's flying with me. Yeah. And you push your seats forward, and I looked at my wife, and I said, Honey, I'll see you in a minute, one way or the other. I want you to know the Lord has a plan. Here's the deal. Too many of us think little of ourselves. It's not thinking about you. When we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what we're saying is, Father, I'm asking, I'm making this very personal. Father, I'm praying. Remember when he said, teach us how to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. This is my prayer. I'm praying, Father, I want your kingdom to come in me. I pray for this. I pray for your righteousness, your peace, and your joy in the Holy Spirit in me. And Father, not only do I want your will, but I surrender it all. I'm dropping all of these things. See, men of God, I want you to know there's something greater. There's something so much more magnificent for you. I want you to know that no matter what storm you're in right now, God not only knows the storm, but has allowed it to come so that you might surrender your will. Surrender your will. What has happened is we think a lot of times the porno some of you guys are in, the anger some of you guys are in, the brokenness that some of you feel, the dumb decisions we have made along our journey of life, and you think, I'm a mess? Let me tell you this. You think you're shackled to a bunch of sin. You are not shackled to sin. 
There is no sin in your life that overpowers you. There is no shackles at all to you. This is a time that God wants to do something. I thought about doing this earlier because we've got some time and I want to give you an opportunity. Some of you here tonight may not know who Jesus Christ is. You may be listening and right at this moment God has awakened you from the dead. And he's saying, listen, whatever your age is, you may be a teenager, you may be a 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, doesn't matter. And he's awakened, son, I have a gift for you. I have a gift and it's called grace. And I'm going to give it and it's going to be yours. Will you receive it? Will you receive this gift of grace? Will you take it? And if you take it, understand, I, God says, I will never take it back. If you take this gift, it will be yours now and forever. I will declare, I will declare, you are righteous for now and forever. I will declare, I will present you blameless before me now and forever. Some of you men in this room, you've had such a doubt in your life, you've walked around and you're struggling. It's like you can't let out the emotions. God saved your emotions as well as he saved your intellect. And these emotions, we were meant to rejoice. We were meant to delight. We were meant to laugh. We were meant to be an encourager. We were meant to know what the power of gentleness was and is. And I want to invite you tonight. I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to get rid of these things. I want you to come and be able to say, would you, if you could leave this mountain as the joy of the Lord as your strength, now and forevermore, would you be willing? Would you be willing? Amen? Would you be willing? Think of it. If, if God will offer this to you, would you be willing to offer yourself and bring your will to submission? Would you surrender your entire will to the Lord? I'm thinking about this chain. I grabbed this big old chain. Look at this chain. Look at the size of this chain. I can't even lift the sucker over my head. This is a chain of doubt. This is what many of you are in. This thing is wasting your faith. It's not shackled to you. It is not shackled. You're holding on to it. It's wasting your marriage. It's wasting your jobs. Drop the chain. Amen? Drop the chain. Men of God, I'm going to ask something of you. I'm going to ask today, if you want to drop that chain and you are willing to surrender your will, I'm going to ask that, will you stand with me right now? And I'm going to ask that, would you, if you're going to be willing to surrender your will, we're going to have some counselors here, and I'm going to ask that you would come forward and we're going to pray over you. We're going to ask, if you come, you're coming and you're going to tell. No one can do it for you. You've got to come and be able to say, Father, I'm dropping the chain. I'm dropping the chain of doubt. I'm dropping the chain of my immorality. I'm dropping the chain of my pornography. I'm dropping the chain of my irritations. And Father, I have come. You give it to me. You give me that. I surrender my will and I receive your righteousness, your peace, and your joy. They're going to lead us in some singing. Will you come, men of God? Will you come and surrender? So I ask now, as they're going to lead us in just some music, will you come? Just come, men of God, right now, come. Come and receive this blessing of the Most High God. Amen, men of God, amen, amen. Huh? 
You hold on right there. I'm going to pray with you. Amen. Men of God, come. Don't wait. Don't wait for one moment. You need this music. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see my chains are gone. Oh, yeah. My Come chains on. are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And I love Mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. You guys need a mic, don't you? Okay. Twas grace, twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears reached. That grace appeared the hour I first believed. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And I got all Father, His mercy. Keep coming. It's a good day to surrender it all. It's a beautiful day to walk into the presence of God. Don't let anything keep you on this day. Leave this mountain with the joy of the Lord. It's yours. It's all yours. The Lord has promised good. standing there and you know these other men are coming if you have the joy of the Lord would you lift your hands and pray a blessing pray for these men right now pray for them 
Give intercession right now on these men. Receive the blessing of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is yours. Pray, man of God. Overwhelm them with abundant grace right now. Please pray a blessing on them. Listen to these wonderful, our chains are gone. They really are gone. This freedom is yours. Your marriages can be healed. Pray the blessing on your wives. It's a holy time. Amen. Amen. The earth shall soon dissolve. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But sing a song called Amazing Love. Amen. Well, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted and I'm accepted. You were condemned and I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you Amazing love, sing it out. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you in all.
Because you were forsaken And I'm accepted You were condemned And I'm alive and well Your spirit is within me tonight I'd like to pray a blessing on you for you men here the blessing of the Most High all of you've come from different reasons some of you from all some of you are standing there wondering is this even real I want you to know that the Lord loves you and I want you to know that you can leave off this mountain and every argument you've had about yourself is over Every argument you've had about yourself is over. All right? It's over. Whatever is lovely and right and good, men of God, you're a righteous man in Christ. You're holy men of God. So I want to pray a blessing on you. And I ask, would you receive the blessing? All right? You're going to have an old habit. You may wake up tonight or even tomorrow morning and still think you're a dirt bag. You've dug a trench. You aren't. The moment you recognize it, no. Praise God. The moment a temptation comes to going sideways again, bless God. Take a breath and bless God. It is truly a holy time. So if you'll allow me in this moment, I want to pray a blessing on you. Please, may you receive the holiness of Christ. God wants to do something in your life that is so amazing you will not contain it. So men of God, I want to pray this blessing on you if you'll receive it. Father, we come to you as sons in the beauty of Jesus the Christ. And Father, you've said that if we have breath, we can praise you. I'm praying that these men will be men. Father, the war is over. The battle is done. It was finished at the cross of Christ. Take these men and let them take a deep breath tonight. Bless them when they outpour them the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, pour yourself upon them from the top of their head through the sole of their feet. Let them choose to rejoice. Let them surrender their wills and let them know that this is a good day. They can leave this mountain and they can smile. They can leave this mountain rejoicing. They can dance before you. They can lift up their hands and shout a great shout to the glory of your name. Father, this is who they are. Welcome your sons. Holy Spirit, have your way. They have not only been redeemed, Lord, they are your holy sons to shake the earth in the beauty of that life that is eternal. May their marriages feel the presence of your goodness. May these men bless 
May they offer requests and thanksgiving, and may this be the holiest time they've ever had. I pray that when they rest tonight, their dreams will be of Christ. The Holy Spirit will cause them and give them emotions and direction that can only be called good. And so, Father, I thank you for them. Pour yourself upon them and let these men receive this today. They have bowed their will to you. Let your will be done in their life. Do with them as pleasing in your sight, and it will be good. Let righteousness, let peace and joy in the Holy Spirit reign in them. Father, they have received this, and I ask this without a doubt in my mind that you have given it to them in the love of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen, men of God. Amen. Man of God. Thank you, man of God. Amen.